Welcome to the Final Score Network and the Final Score Podcast, presented by Team Anders Realtors. I'm Andy. He's former NCAA student athlete and co-host. Ryan Gam, two-hand monster flush off the inbound. Ryan Gam slam jam. Subscribe to us on Podbean, the Apple Podcast Store, Spotify, or anywhere you get your podcasts. Follow us on Twitter at the Final Score Thirty Five and TikTok at AG Spartan Fan 35. Oh, and one more note before we get started. I'd like to apologize to anyone I've not offended yet. Please be patient. I'll get to you shortly. Did you miss us? We're back. Uh, two weeks later. Um, hope you guys are doing well. We're back. Last day of May. Um, had a nice vacation down in South Carolina. Well rested. Got some sun. Played some golf. It was good stuff. Um, but we're ready to talk about some sports because a lot of stuff has happened in the last two weeks. Um, NBA, we're down to two. NHL, we're down to two. Um, MLB, we don't really care. Um, NBA draft deadline is tonight at 11.59 p.m. Um, so rosters will be set in stone aside from a few transfers that are still out there trying to make a decision. Um, but, yeah, plenty of stuff to talk about. Though the podium, uh, we're... Both doing a similar podium, but about different guys, uh, but similar topic. Mine's um, mine's a shout-out to Eli Drinkwitz, head coach of Missouri football. Um, he says, in quote, um, that the current NIL model is a broken system. Um, just, it is. I mean, he's 100% right um, talking about compensation of these athletes um, and how unknown the future is. Um, and he talks about how there need to be laws and stuff like that um, that put caps on stuff um, so it's not as wild, wild west as it is now. Um, then he talked about how he has a, his brother or brother-in-law, I can't remember which one, is like a, a pediatrician, and these guys doing NIL, getting they've never played before, making more money than a guy that saves people's lives and keeps people healthy. I agree with that. That's freaking ridiculous. Um sick and tired of NIL. It just gets worse and worse as time goes on, and we've talked about it for, ever since, when did that come out? Summer 2021, so almost two years now um, about this BS, and it's just, it's it's awful, and it's here to stay. Um, it's ruined college football and basketball as we know it. Um, it's hanging on by a thread. Dang. Not good. Now I'm going to tag in, because uh, I... We, we talk a lot about NIL here and what a joke it is and how it's ruining sports and really a lot of TV, any money, right? Money is what it, is the root of all evil. So I've got the Nick Saban take. And, you know, if anybody should listen to anybody, people should listen to Nick Saban. He's the the dean, the, the goat of college football coaches. I would argue there will never be a more successful college football coach than Nick Saban. He's at the Southeastern conference meetings uh down on the florida gulf coast and i'm just going to read a couple quotes from an article that i read on fox sports when it turns into pay for play now you're getting into a different area when you start talking about players being employees you're talking about unions you're talking about now you're getting paid for something now you've got to pay taxes also said saban i don't think it's going to be a level playing field because some people are showing a willingness to spend more than others. 
clearly that's happened in Michigan State because they've lost some key players to programs that are willing to spend more. Where If you want to bring the NFL into it, they have a salary cap. They have all the things that level the playing field. And we could put guidelines on some of this stuff that would do the same thing. My take is the NCAA is too lazy or they don't want to try to put the toothpaste back in the tube. And so, therefore, they're going to sit on their ass and do nothing. Um, and here's a kind of a fun quote. The NCAA and major college sports are facing multiple legal and political threats that could give athletes in some sports employee status. That's what Saban was referring to. Plus, no shock, a California bill. Can California just get a giant earthquake and float off into the Pacific Ocean already? Is working its way through the legislature that would force some Division I schools in the state to share revenue with athletes in select sports that do make money, such as football and basketball. So I'm sorry that you play field hockey and you got a free education um, and you're not you know, able to play women's basketball or a revenue sport, men's football. So we're just going to give you money. Um, that's socialism, people. Socialism. Now, no surprise out of California, which is close to a socialist, communist BS that you're fined. More from Saban. I think the big mistake that people make is college athletics is not a business. People say it's a business. It's not a business. It's revenue producing, but it's not a business. Um you know, nobody takes a profit in college football or in college sports, according to Saban. And I tend to agree with that. All the money gets reinvested for other opportunities for other people within those programs. Football, for example, and basketball at Michigan State fund all the sports. And that's the case everywhere else, too. Whether it's facilities, whether it's scholarships, whether it's opportunities for people to play. And if we continue down this road, are we going to be able to continue to have those opportunities? If it's going to be the same for everyone, I think that's better than what we have now because what we have now is we have some states and some schools and some states that are investing a lot more money in terms of managing their roster than others. If you think there's a disparity in college football right now, there's going to be a lot more in the future. 100% agree. The fact that the NCAA sat on their ass and let this get to Congress, like the national level government. First of all, it's not a government issue. It's not a right. You... You earned a right to a scholarship and a free education, which, oh, by the way, today's government wants to give away for free to everybody else and make the people like me pay for everybody else after I paid for mine. So that's the society that we live in. That's where football is going. That's where basketball is going. Football makes more money than basketball, so it gets a little bit more of the the limelight in terms of NIL. But NIL, it's killed it with the transfer portal it's ruining sports, and if the if NCAA can't listen to a Nick Saban speak wisdom about this and the problem that they have, if they can't see that for themselves, they think it's going to create competitive balance because, oh, now Ryan can go and play at San Diego State and make as much money as he could at Alabama? Bullshit, he could. The, there's not the donor pockets that are there. The rich get richer. This is what I've said all along is NIL is akin to legalizing boosters. And where were the boosters prominent? At the big-time schools that won national championships. And that's how it's going to continue to be unless they put a freaking fix to it instead of dicking around and pointing fingers and supporting weird month-over-month initiatives, we'll just say. You all know what I'm talking about. Danny, Riley, etc. I'm tired of it, and you're quickly... College sports is my is my game, and you are losing me quickly. And if you lose me, I don't know. Maybe I'll just pick up pickleball or something. I don't know. Yeah, you should. Um, all right, podium. That's it. Um, 
tee up. Uh, this happened, I think this happened a few weeks ago, right after our pod, and it's just been an ongoing controversy. Controversy. Um, and the L.A. Dodgers, shocking, more California issues. Um, so there Again, was, can California just earthquake fall off the yeah, face they, of the they, earth? They said they wanted to become their own country, so they might as well. Um, but um, very controversial, anti-Catholic group, um, an anti-Christian group, um, at their pride night that they had um, a few weeks back. Um, and then they had a family night, and then they brought back these this group um, mocking, um, you know, these Christians. And uh, Clayton Kershaw stepped in and said, "I I don't like this. It has nothing to do with the LGBTQ pride community. It has to do with the going against my religion. Um, it's ridiculous. I don't understand. I mean, I do understand because this world is absolutely screwed up. But why they're." Ryan and I talked about this the other day. Sports are the one place where this should never be involved. Politics should never be involved. We should never bring in this BS. Brittany Griner, LeBron um, James, and what this do we kind do? of stuff. This happened it, should, it needs remember, to be an outlet. And it, did, it, it happened with the Philadelphia Flyers, happened with the Tampa Bay Rays. Like, And here's the thing. If you want to have over over a pride again. night, if you want to have a, you know paint your hair green and yellow and grow three penises night, I don't care. You do you. If that's what you're into, I don't have to agree with it. That's fine. You do you. But exactly. if I want to have a night that celebrates maybe, you know, Christianity or Catholicism or Judaism or something like that, then why the sh- why the hell should I be blasphemed by you? Right? Why do you get a right to behave a certain way and then treat me with my differing opinion as though I owe you something? That's the problem with what's going on in society today. That's the Bud Light problem. That's the Target problem. That's the Coles problem. That's the North Face problem. That's the problem problem. That's the politician's problem. I'm telling you, racism is rampant now, quote unquote, air quotes, rampant, because of politics. All this other stuff is because of politics, and it's ridiculous. And it's because the, you know, the people on one side who are probably more tolerant and won't really say anything, don't. But then the minute that they want to celebrate something on their own, not bother anybody, but celebrate it on their own, they get ripped and chastised for not being inclusive. I, I, I'm at a loss. I am so tired. We talked about it before. I mean, this this country went godless a long time ago, and it is we're going to hell in a handbasket. Be prepared. Because I would say today's society, a good half of this world is burning in hell. And if you don't believe in hell, well, I feel sorry for you because it's going to be a hot, sweaty, long, painful death for you when you die. I mean, you want to say, let's all get along and let's be inclusive. Then you shut the up and you let everybody else celebrate what they want to celebrate. That's what inclusive is. That's what belonging is, is celebrating everybody's differences together and having tolerance towards that. Not intolerance because one group disagrees with you. If you disagree with me and I disagree with you, guess what? We agree to disagree. We don't talk about it. It's okay. We can coexist. But the minute I can't disagree with you, but you can tell me everything that's wrong with me, then we got a problem. That's what the Dodgers are allowing. That's what sports are allowing. Like Ryan said, he and Riley were talking about That's supposed to be the one area that's off limits for this stuff. But the the Big Ten did it too. The Big Ten did it. The problem is, is you have these mouthpieces, these LeBrons who aren't good enough on their own to be the goat on the court. I'm sorry, at me all you want. He's not better than Michael Jordan. He's not better than Larry Bird. He's not better than Magic Johnson. 
So what does he do? He goes to the politics route. There is no place for it in sports. Some might argue, oh, you let him use your platform. You got the voice. No, no, no. That's not what people want. You want to bring people together? STFU. STFU. And play the damn game. Shut up and play. Literally. If it were only that easy. It is that easy, but people choose not to make it that easy. Well, easier said than done. All right. More happy stuff. Par three. Um, first shot. We're in the hodgepodge. Uh, lots happened, like I said. Let's go give a blow by blow. Um, we won't talk golf here. We'll talk about that in the third spot. Do a quick bracket in the second. Um, all right. Saw this last night. Great. Awesome story. Um, Liam Hendricks, pitcher for the White Sox. Pretty good pitcher. Um, four, I think it was four, I can't remember if it was four or five months ago. Got diagnosed with stage four cancer. That's he pitched like, the that's other a night. Death, that's a he death pitched sentence. the other night. That's awesome. That's a great story. Um, need more of that. Um, Detroit Tigers, speaking of baseball, stay on that train. Second place in the uh, AL, the god awful AL Central. Um, Sometimes it plays they're they're only in the worst two division. games back. Um, you know what? If they can be decent and be in a hunt, I don't. I don't care if the division sucks. It'd be it'd be fun. Um, something to pay attention to. Like I said at the beginning, NBA, we're down to two. We got the Nuggets, the one seed in the West, versus the eight seed Heat, um, who had to win a play in game to get in. Two, didn't they? Yeah. No, they lost one and then they won one um, to, to get into the playoffs alone. Um, and almost blew a 3 0 lead yeah, in that series. They, but they stomped on Boston the other night. Good for them. I'm rooting for them. They, they're pretty um, heavy. Underdog, um, something like Spoolstra's sixth NBA Finals he's, in thirteen he's an seasons. Awesome coach, and he was a he was a video like coordinator, video guy, yeah. yeah, for a long time. Um, pretty cool. Um, NHL, we're down to uh, the Las Vegas Knights and the Florida Panthers. Another eight seed um, Cinderella run. Forty three. I'm rooting for them. They're East. fun. They're fun to watch. Um, for yeah, them let's see. Florida and Vegas, like. Make the hockey, the original six, turn over in their grave. Florida and Vegas. Like, Florida's been around for a while. They've been around since the 90s, at least, you know, so 30 years. But, Vegas just started. But Vegas is like three, four years in, and yeah. this is already their second Stanley Cup final. Yeah. That's crazy. Awesome. Gives hope team. for expansion teams. Yeah. And Vegas is going to continue to expand because the A's are likely to move there next. Yep. And then does that mean the Golden State Warriors move then? No, I don't think they will. They got but a new arena, didn't they? Yeah, I, I would expect an NBA team there, and then maybe mm-hmm. see, I've heard Seattle might come back too. That'd be kind of cool. As long as they go back with the Supersonics. <laughs> um, well, speaking of that, you know, Golden State, their the president of basketball ops and slash GM resigned. Really? He's been there for all their titles, so mm-hmm. see if they break yeah, up the be, game. Yeah, it might be breaking up the band. might be over. Draymond might leave. Um Give them to Detroit and let them like oh, build a nucleus around them. Yeah, that won't happen. Detroit's a crap hole of an NBA team. Um, NBA, speaking of NBA, um, NBA draft deadline, like I said, is tonight. Um, Michigan State returns A.J. Hogard and um, Jaden Akins, making them, a, in my mind, there's a no-brainer top Major three. Major Final Four contender. Top three team entering next season in the in the country. Um, probably the probably three the best ten. guards in the country. Yeah, I'd say best three-headed monster. Um, Not kinda, individually. Kind of like um, Baylor a few years ago when they won the title with mm-hmm. T. Mitchell and Butler. Very similar to that. Um, 
And then you bring have a great freshman class coming in. They're going to be scary good. Um, probably, and they all like each other. Really cohesive roster. Um, could be a very fun season. You for know, Sissoko makes some gains like he did last year and can be Cooper, serviceable. Mm, Cooper man, gets be better. Really you know, Kohler gets better. He's going to be a decent offensive guy. Uh, Hall gets healthy. And Michigan State's biggest dilemma is going to be who's going to sit. Yeah, there's a, there's a lot of there's only so many minutes to go got, around. You know, you does a guy we talked about a while ago, but does like a Holloman? Does he does he just say, you know what? Okay, I'll take one for the team, and I'll be a practice guy, and I'll I'll redshirt if Fears is really that good. Um, or does Fears do that and Holloman plays because no the two of them are going to be the guys the next year, right? This goes to patience and the way Izzo builds his team. These guys know that if they just sit and bide their time and get better and practice against NBA caliber players, they're going to be studs when they when it's their turn to be in the spotlight yeah. next year. So yeah. um, it'll be really interesting to see if, if Izzo is continuing to recruit the guys that are willing to kind of bide their time and stay or if they're going to be the spoiled brats want to leave. And honestly, if they're the spoiled brats want to leave, don't let the door hit you where the good Lord split you, a.k.a. Neon Keon. Get out of here. You don't want to be here. You don't want to fight for it. You don't want to you know, be the best at the original school that you committed to, then I don't want you. I don't wish you luck. I don't wish you ill, but I don't wish you luck. I just hope you exist. Money talks, man. Mm-hmm. It sure does. Um, Speaking of money talks, Michigan State, Penn State move game moves to Ford Field to happen when we were on vacation last week. Talk about a slap in the face. Uh, to season ticket holders, you know, I've been a season ticket holder since 1991, so this is what, like my 32nd, 33rd season, something like that. Um, you know, tailgated all those years, you know, okay, I get refunded my four tickets for that game and whatever, but Michigan State gives up a game. We bring game. We bring Penn State into fertile Penn State recruiting territory. Penn State, if you haven't noticed, recruits Detroit. the hell out of skill players in Detroit. Great receivers of late, especially great running backs. DBs. Out of the, uh, DBs out of Detroit. We're going to let them go there. What are they going to concede next year? I'm going to argue nothing. What does Michigan concede to the Big Ten? The, the, oh, the way it was couched was, we're taking one for the Big Ten because, oh, by the way, I think Ryan covered this on the last podcast, old numbnuts left the Big Ten screwed with some of the contract right. stuff he set up and owes a lot of things, and so people have to cover it. Well, is Michigan covering that? No. Is Ohio State-ish? I mean, they're playing a night game in November that they didn't want to, but okay, it's still a home game. Michigan State is like, oh, we'll be the good guy. Big Ten just uses you. Big Ten didn't want you to begin with in the 50s. Notre Dame had to fight for us to get in. And we continue to let them steamroll us for what? Oh, well, there will only be 30,000 people. Most memorable games I've been to at Michigan State, honestly, except for the couple, you know, for some great Michigan games, are those Penn State games end of season. I remember some fantastic games, including the Snow Bowl from a couple years ago. It was It was awesome. It was great. Does the stadium get filled? No. Will Friday night uh, football in Detroit get filled? No. Oh, I argue no. Well, you know, Detroit's a big Michigan State and you make ground, And you, know? you make the, I mean, it is, but like, but okay, so the, you can't tailgate there. No. And, and, and oh, by the way, you screw the MHSAA because you tell them no more Friday, Saturday. you got to play Saturday, Sunday. Mind you, they got to go back to school on Monday. So we're going to play an 8 o'clock Sunday night game. You know, when people would rather be doing something else, let alone the fact that it's a day of rest for most. Um, I just, just, I don't know, what, what is going on in the athletic department at Michigan State? I mean, like, are we really, like, are we the Big Ten's bitch? Because that's what yes. it feels like. 
Um, yes. I, I just get bent over by the I, I, I Michigan and the Big Ten. I don't get it. I mean, Izzo's pissed that he didn't know what was going on with TV contracts with Kevin Warren because basketball flies all over the place on any given night. At least football is consistency. You know, a couple Friday games, but otherwise Saturday games. Basketball is across the board Monday through Sunday. They could play, you know, two days, you know, play. twice in three yeah. days. They could play, you know, three road games in seven days. And now they, you got L.A. into the mix. Like, I, I mean, Warren screwed the Big Ten. You can all say, oh, he did a great job. He got this huge mega contract. Big Ten would have gotten this huge mega contract without screwing themselves with the new commissioner, in, mm-hmm. my, in my opinion. So, And Michigan State's just playing right into that. Oh, we'll take one for the team. Yeah, so will Rutgers, so will Maryland, so will the teams that have to because they're like, oh, yeah, just give us the revenue. Meanwhile, Michigan's flipping the middle finger at them going, eh, F you, we'll do what Get we want. Home and Ohio State, for the, yeah, eight home games a year, and we've got six for two years in a row. Six home games. Two out of three And you're years. giving up what's arguably every other year the second best game on that Michigan State schedule every other year, the first being in those seasons, Michigan. Michigan and Penn State are on the rotation of being at East Lansing right now. We're not going to get Penn State again in East Lansing for two, three years. And Penn State ain't going to play that game in Philly next year. They're not going to play that game in Pittsburgh next year. I just, it's gross. It's disgusting. And it's it's a money thing. And by the way, money for what? What is the school gain from that? What is East Lansing gain from that? What is the campus gain from that? You give away, you have to give back all those $30 parking passes. That's straight revenue to Michigan State. Uh, you got to give back all those tickets. That's straight revenue to Michigan State. How many people? I would love to ask an audience poll. How many people are going to take that are season ticket holders are going to go buy those tickets for that Friday? I would argue, out of if if there's fifty thousand season ticket holders at Michigan State, give or take a couple thousand, I would argue maybe twenty thousand of those people maybe will buy a ticket. And that's mm-hmm. if they live in Detroit and they're like, ah, oh, we're already going to be there for the family. It's Black Friday. We'll go. We don't care if we can tailgate. It's inside. It's four field. Don't, spare me the hole. It's inside, so it's so much better. Who cares? Like, if you're yeah, really a fan, you'll go. It's the Midwest. You'll go. Like, I, I just, I'm disgusted. I, I'm just, I'm disgusted. I'm disgusted with college football in general, and I'm disgusted with Michigan State right now. Well, and the best part about it is Alan Haller in an interview said, well, it wasn't a, a, a home, it wasn't a slam dunk, you know, we didn't, it wasn't the, basically the, thing they wanted to do then why'd you do it this isn't you can Mar- say this no. isn't mark hollis like inventing some great no. thing you know like basketball when we played kentucky aircraft there carrier. their aircraft carrier games or or like playing on a military base or you know the crazy stuff that he had i mean he was cooking up a way to for michigan state usc to play at the coliseum in rome for football once like that's creative marketing stuff this is not this is bending over for the big 10 because nobody else will. Being a yes man. And, oh, it's TV exposure on the Peacock at 7.30 on a Friday night when there's a lot of other college football going on on that Friday night. And, by the way, well, I, now, I don't think pro football is playing on Friday. I think they're playing point, one Black Friday. I mean, sure. like, uh, I, you, could you see Michigan and, and Ohio State doing that? Now, I will say this. I had this conversation with Chris when we were in Hilton Head last week. If... Michigan State and Penn State collectively agreed they were going to play a game in a neutral location every year, a la Florida and Georgia. I could probably get on board with that because then you set something a little bit apart. That's the world's greatest cocktail party. Um, something like that, fine. But again, you tell me in a year 
What is Penn State giving up in return for this? Absolutely. They're not giving up a home game. No way. Not going to happen. No. There's no chance. Um, just a, It's just a joke. Um, well, and that gets me to another thing, Is and I kind of heard this. It was kind of in a Valenti podcast, too, and I think I saw it, too. Is TV ruining college sports? Yes. And the, the answer is yes, because this know. is an example of how TV is ruining it for Michigan State. Um, this is why we have four-hour games. Um, you know, these $7 billion contracts sound all sexy. And, oh, look at all the money you're going to give to the schools. And, wow, woo, wow. No, no, no. It's ruining college football. I'm telling you, in the 80s and the early 90s, there were a handful, at best, college football games on TV, national TV. Um, you know, back then... Obviously, ESPN took off in 1979, and, and by you know early 90s, there were games on ESPN. You now you can arguably, probably in some way, shape, or form, find every Division One game on a Saturday yeah, you could. or on a weekend on TV. Back then, you could find, let's say, if you know if there were 60 games in a weekend, you could find 20, maybe even in the early 90s, maybe 30, maybe half. And you know what? People were content with a 1 o'clock kickoff at Spartan Stadium, and if you didn't have tickets, you curled up to the radio and you listened to George Blaha and whoever the color guy was at the time, Larry Belot or whoever, calling the game. It made you want to go to the game. If you didn't want to suffer through listening to that, you went to the game. It's like, if I don't want to suffer to listen, no offense, Will Teeman, but to listen to Will Teeman call a game, and the game's not on TV, I want to go to the game. Like, those are the good old days. TV has not isn't it's not as it ruining it has ruined college sports. I mean it's yeah. it's the only way it, the only place that hasn't quite ruined it is March Madness if they stay to sixty eight teams because what they finally did there is they at least opened it up to four networks so all those games could be seen which is cool because then you can you don't have to just hope that you get the game that you want to see or your team is on at a particular time. That's the only instance I can think of where TV has helped college sports because TV is why there are 7,000 bowl games. TV is why there are games on Tuesdays and Wednesdays in the Mac. And there's like nine people in the stands like, and you sell it on, well, but you get to be on TV. Yeah. uh, Well, your parents who live five hours away can't drive on Tuesday night because they work in the factory first shift the next morning. Like, I mean, it just, it's just pure ass greed and it's out of control. And I don't know. The landscape is going to continue to change. I would be interested in five years to see if college football even remotely looks anywhere no. similar to where no, it was it already today. doesn't. Um, yeah. And even add on to that, like Big Ten with this new deal, they're doing this NBC thing. Peacock, you have to pay for that. Right. Um, yeah, you Michigan get that. State, Unless you're like a Xfinity subscriber right, and you're get paying free. through the ass for that. Um, but like Michigan, their first game against East Carolina is on Peacock. Michigan State, Washington – Probably one of the premier games in the definitely the premier game in the Big Ten that weekend. Um, it's on Peacock at five o'clock. I mean, it's a good thing it's a home going. game because I wouldn't be subscribing no. to that. But I mean, and apparently a lot of the basketball games are going to be on the Peacock network um, next winter. So it's great. It's, it's trying to drive you to pay nine ninety nine for another service that you otherwise don't need. Unless again, you you pay out the ass for Xfinity already which I'm trying to get rid of my Xfinity internet because I can get it from Verizon for a quarter of the cost a month. 
Uh, it's just it's insane. It's yep. you, you're you're passing Oldest. it on, and you say, "Oh, but the benefits of the fan." No, it's not. Everything is more expensive for us. We have to pay more at the, at the games for the tickets. Now, Michigan State hasn't raised ticket prices in quite a while, but we have to pay more for concessions. We have to pay for all these stupid freaking apps. We got to get Big Ten Plus if you want to see some of those early games. Like, it's just a money grab, and it's it's gross. It's wrong. It's disgusting. I, I probably the only way that's going to change, honestly, is. Look at the devaluation of a target. What now? Ten, eleven billion in like ten days that they've lost in their in their market cap. Um, Bud Budweiser, Anheuser Busch has lost close to eight or nine billion in the last month. Um, it, the only way, and that's consumers talk, right? Coles is going to get boycotted. North Face is going to get boycotted. The only way that this is going to stop is if the Thirsty college football fans and basketball fans say, no, I'm not going to pay $10 times three for apps to be able to watch my team play games. I'm not going to do it. And until people just kind of pucker up and don't do it and then suffer through radio or getting to the games themselves, it's never going to end. It's never going to end. That money talks, and it talks on both sides. The latest thing is... um... Colorado apparently is trying to get back into the Big Twelve. This conference realignment crap. The T. It, it's it's all. It's, it's so messed up. Um, we could talk about this until the cows come home. Um, you have anything else for Hodgepodge? Um, I, I think I'm good. Um, Terrence Shannon just announced he's coming back to Illinois, so this should be a little better than we expected. Good for them. Yeah. Um, Michigan basketball. <laughs> God saw Caleb Love ended up at Arizona. Yeah, well, that's good for when we play them because he's a chucker. Yeah, right. He's not a team player. Um, chucker and a girlfriend stealer. Yep, he is. Um, I th- think that's it, um, unless you got anything else. Nope, we'll move to second shot, and we'll go our bracket, and then we'll, um, which is also happens to be golf-related because I was racking my brain of what we haven't already bracketized or Mount Rushmore or whatever. So I've got a bracket. Uh, in honor of the season of golf brands. Uh, mm-hmm. Just an eight-team bracket, so we'll like see how we go. Started off, we got number one titleist against the number eight seed. Uh, not really, yeah, kind of Pro V1 knockoff slash TaylorMade knockoff, Kirkland. Not titleist, but I like Kirkland. Yeah, Kirkland's not, it's actually not, it's really not bad. Like, ask Dauber, I told him, I'm like, you want to save money on Pro V1 caliber balls? Like, Okay, if you can get past the the quote unquote embarrassment of playing something you bought at Costco, it plays just as good for hacks like us, honestly. Um, so if you're not brand conscious that way, so all right, I got Titleist as well. They'll play the winner of number four TaylorMade and against number five Cleveland. TaylorMade. Um, boy, well, you got TaylorMade irons and your TaylorMade hanging by a thread driver. I love Callaway wedges, or I mean Cleveland wedges, and yeah. you have Cleveland wedges. TaylorMade has a little edge because they've got you know golf balls too. That one's tough for me because I really do Cleveland like my Cleveland. Cleveland's kind of no, no, not really. I guess. Yeah, there's some pairings. I I'm gonna go with the sleeper. I'm gonna go with uh, Cleveland. Cleveland does have good because I do like the wedges. I like that wedge. All right, and the other half of the bracket, you got number three Callaway against number six Mizuno. Mizuno's really good, actually, for, like for like really especially. good players. Yeah, good player irons, like high level player uh, irons. Not like Callaway, though. I've, I've always yeah, we had a dog named Callaway, so I'm I'm going Callaway. Callaway has good 
golf shirts. They have good clubs. They have good nice bags, nice balls. bags, balls, gear. They even have shoes. Like they kind of they Shorts, play the whole yeah. thing. Um, number two seed Ping against number seven seed your favorite Wilson Staff. Oh, Ping. <laughs> So I have a you, ping three wood. I like it. Um, you got, they don't make balls, though. But. No, but they make good putters, too. I don't yeah. have a ping, ping answer. I have Odyssey for my putter. so. Um, Which is Callaway, right? Yeah. yeah. Part of Callaway. All right, so you've got number one Titleist against number four TaylorMade. TaylorMade. I love TaylorMade. Oh, you're going TaylorMade is a mm-hmm. little upset. upset. I, and I've got Titleist against Cleveland. I'm going Titleist. I've got Titleist Woods. Uh, I've got ping irons, but I, have, um, I usually play with a Titleist ball. All right, so then you've got Ping versus Callaway. Callaway. So you got three versus four, and I got Ping versus Callaway. I really do. I like my Ping irons, but I'm Those gonna go. I'm gonna go Callaway too, just because they've got the whole gamut of the gear. So you've got TaylorMade versus Callaway. Uh, TaylorMade. And Ryan's going TaylorMade, and I've got Titleist against Callaway. Uh, I'm going to go Titleist by a nose. I've been playing my Titleist Woods for quite a while. Titleist Irons are a little bit out of my league, plus they're expensive. But I do like Titleist Golf Balls. They make a lot of decent... I mean, of course, everybody loves Pro V1s. But beyond even the Pro V1s, they've got some other good golf balls. um, Just good gear in general. So I'm going to go with Titleist to take my golf brand championship. All right, a quick word from our presenting sponsor. Team Anders Realty will help you find the home that best fits your needs and make the process fun and simple along the way. The Anders have served thousands of clients over 30-plus years in the Grand Rapids, Michigan area and are here to serve you today. Learn more at teamanders.com. And a little shout-out to them because this is their semi-annual customer appreciation weekend coming up where they give you, used to be they just gave you a basket of flowers, now they probably everything costs more so they give you a $25 gift card they give they have coffee and bros donuts and at Coutsier's Greenhouse and Cascade if you're a, a customer of the past you get a $25 gift card to go <laughs> spend on a, on a hanging basket um, really nice greenhouse and they do that in the winter like one of the first weekends in wreaths. December for wreaths or Christmas trees at a local Christmas tree farm so just an example of how Team Anders gives back to the their best. community of customers um, they're great neighbors and great friends, but they're also just an outstanding business, really, really well run by the entire family. Donna, Jim, Sean, Tim, Liz is, does a lot of their office manager stuff. Um, fantastic family. If you need a realtor, look up Team Anders Realty. Yep. All right. Shot three, final shot. Golf time. Um, a lot of, what do you want to do? You want to review? Do you yeah, do we got re- we got a review this week. First? We got PGA and then we got Memorial. What do you want to so do first? let's go PGA. That was the longest to go. So we'll, I told. We'll go. Hey, anyway, to get a little round of applause, I picked the winner. I was only off by one on the score when I said I said Brooks kept with ten under. I said you heard it here, and it was nine under, well, almost ten under. Well, we both. I picked in my foursome: Brooks, Cam Young, Fitz, and Fitzpatrick. Fitzpatrick and Cam Young did not make the cut, played terrible. JT did not play well, did make the cut. You picked Brooks, Xander, who ended up playing okay. Finau, not well, and Fowler missed the cut. Um, so, I, I mean, Kepka, he's he's a he's, he's a, a wagon. He, he, he is in a major. He, I, mean, I mean, he's a stud. He's got five majors he is, now. He, he shows up play. in the big time. He could have won the Masters. Um and here's the thing is I honestly think, we've talked about this before in the podcast, 
And you kind of got the sense after you watched the Netflix series, because I think he kind of didn't like how he was he was kind of showcased in that. And that was who he was. He was really hurt at the time of that. When he made the decision to go to live, I don't think he knew with the pain in his knees, and he kind of talked about that in the post-PGA press conference too, I don't think he knew if he had much career in front of him the way that his knee felt. Um, and as you've seen with Tiger, if you don't have a knee, you're screwed. Um, you know, for the guy, the torque that these guys have and stuff, I actually kind of, I've grown uh, certainly to to respect him, but I like him. Like he, he plays quick. Um, he's decisive. He does not back off his game. Um, you know, he, he goes at it the way you want to see a golfer go at it. And I would say if he had the opportunity, I don't know that his contract will allow it or not, but if his contract would allow it or he could get out of it, I think he'd come back to the PGA Tour. Oh, he definitely would. I really, I really do. He'd be beheaded. Yeah. He, I, unfortunately, I think these guys didn't really look that closely into their contracts, and, and he's and not. he celebrated hard. Because um, well. he's, he's good for the game of golf because he's as close to a dominant major player as you can find. Um, and would not surprise me one bit to see him contend in the U.S. Open. Either. Yeah, I don't know if he's an, an open winner, but... U.S. Open, without a doubt. I mean, a couple of other things, you know, out of that. Scotty. Phil Phil just needs to go away. Phil needs to shut up. He was saying some other stuff again. He opened his big mouth. I think he's on drugs. I don't know what's going on with him. He looks weird, man. He looks weird. He talks weird. He acts weird. And it's funny because I read a great article on Golf Magazine. What alienates Phil now is what made people endear him before is that he kind of, you know, he was out there like the, you know, the calves and the thumbs ups and all that stuff and the things that endeared him to people. But now that he's kind of taken that darker side approach and you're seeing that version of him, but in the asshole side of him, he is about as unlikable as anybody this side of Sergio Garcia. I mean, he's, he makes Bryson he, look likable. Right. He's he's a jerk. And by the way, Bryson is at least marginally more likable because he doesn't wear that stupid hat well, anymore. Well, and he, he was actually the one of the hat. first to congratulate Brooks, which is right. interesting after their Glad spat. he didn't win. But yeah, he played well, but though. he played well. He played well, um, yeah. and he lost a bunch of weight. He looks weird. Um, yeah, I knew he lost like 24 pounds in 20 days or something, like some sickly thing. But anyway, so... But God, that had to get a, get that out of there. Like it's what a shame. Two years ago, Phil was like the toast, the hero, a guy winning a major at fifty years old, my age. Um, you know, the four day grinder and and all that happened, and then just like he may as well not be in existence anymore. Um, it's it's sad. It's gross. It's disgusting. Um, he just needs to crawl into a Saudi hole, sand hole, and just go away. And like. You know, do us a favor. What's his name that owns Twitter now? Uh, Elon Musk. Elon Musk. Ban him. So he, I don't have Twitter anymore. I haven't for a he few years. He just starts but like, fights with all just, these guys. Just go away. Go away. You and Patrick Reed. Go. Go. Oh, you and Sergio Garcia. Three some that I'd like to see dropped oh, in the bottom of the ocean. I hate those guys. Go. So the other big story, of course, in the PGA. Mr. Michael Block. Mr. Block. Like, I mean... Talk about the guy shoots 70, 70, 70, 71. He has an on-the-fly hole-in-one. I need to still look up the odds on that. Like, odds of a hole-in-one are something like 1 in 10 10 or 12,000 or something like that to begin with. When you think about it, like, I had my hole-in-one. It was, like, almost four years ago to the day when we were on vacation. Um, It bounced, bounced, and rolled. Now, tough, because it rolled down a hill and on a curve and went in. It rolled probably a good... 
15 feet after it landed. So there's definitely like, there's that one in 12,000. But to hit it on the fly in a major, like yeah, jar it awesome. on the fly, I don't care. Like, and then he followed it up. We played horribly yeah, the next weekend in the Colonial, but like he followed it up at the Colonial with like getting to less than a foot or two, like yeah, four yeah. or five times of that that distance. He's so fun. He's a good. He guy was too. fun. He was engaging. He was emotional. He was endearing. I really I got story. a little bit pissed off because I saw some guys, some people attacking him on Twitter for being like, "Oh, you're just an egomaniac and you're chasing it. You should just rode off into the sunset and gone away." No, you shouldn't. Like, be proud. The guy was. Proud of what he did. He went from what, like six hundredth or something in the world to like no, like thousandth to like five hundred. Like I mean, and he did it in a way that was endearing. He's a he's a teaching pro, guys. He's a teaching yeah. pro. Um, so good on him for earning, you know, earning what he did to get a couple of exemptions. He he's got one coming up, RBC week Canadian. after next, as well. I mean, he earned it. Did he play poorly the next week? Yeah. Did he, you know, did he come across and rub people the wrong way as being kind of brash? That's not, if you listen to him, it's the same him that talked at the PGA. Like, confident, yes, he should be confident. I mean, for crying out loud, he finished 15th. He qualified to go to the PGA again next year. Like, this is not a guy, I know because I know guys that are pros. We played with Chris's buddy that was a pro down in Florida. And, like, he was able to get out with us for, like, a nine-hole round and an 18-hole round. And... And you know, there was those were days when the weather wasn't the greatest, so it was probably less busy and he could get out. But these guys aren't playing golf and beating balls like all the pros are. He's teaching people at the range how to be a good golfer, but he's not spending six, eight hours a day on his game. So let's celebrate what he did. Let's, you know, he he's like the American dream story, and that's the problem is people want to like piss all over as soon as somebody catches on fire they want to just piss on them and put the fire out instead of embracing it and continuing to embrace it it's like what have you done for me lately it goes to the whole money thing right like what have you done for me lately and it's gross because he was an he's an amazing story it was captivating it was good golf anyway because scotty and brooks and there were you know there was a good yep, contin- Hovland was Hovland, good contention at the top you know brooks pulled away a smidge at the end but you know it was with within doubt with you know four holes to go but Block, here's a guy that's gonna. He was not gonna finish more than fifteenth. I mean, he became a huge rooting interest, and that's good for the game of golf. Yes. Like, as good as it is to have the Tigers and back in the day the Phils and you know now the Kepkas and winning a lot of majors and stuff, it's still good to have the Cinderella story. Oh yeah. And he was a fun Cinderella story to watch. And yeah. That, also on the PGA, loved that golf course. Um, yeah, it had that to was have awesome. been an absolute biatch to play in that Saturday weather, that heavy rain, kind of cold. I mean, kudos to that ground screw for keeping that course playable. That was remarkable. Um, and that was just a good-looking golf course. Like, it was it was fun to watch. Um, you know, it was it was a good course. They didn't tear it up. Nine under um, was a great score. Showed that it was fair. But Brooks made some great shots, you know, and, and he won deservedly. Yes. That was awesome. Um all right, let's talk about um, a few courses that we played in South Carolina. First, I want to real quick um, give a shout-out. We never say nice things about Boulder Creek, the course we live on. Maybe they finally heard us. Maybe they finally listened to the podcast. They're doing what we've asked them to do for the last four or five years. Although I'm looking out the window now where they were letting the grass grow a little bit well, off of still, our backyard. That's they, fine. It looks fine there. They cut it, but well, that's... But the course is usually it out. it's usually like 
everything plugs in the front nine, which if you've never played here, um, numbers three where we live through eight are really more back in the woods. They're more shady. They water the shit out of it and everything's muddy and it's gross and carts used to only be pretty much kind of cart path only. Now they can go wherever. Um, and we have been crying for years for them to let the course firm up. Well, it's Bake been it out. dry. We had the second driest May ever. Um, it's like we're in a stretch here now where we're upper 80s, low 90s, you know, the last couple days and going into the, like the next four or five days, no rain in sight. And we played it Monday and it was firm. Very it was firm. fast. Um, you know, the greens are borderline. They got to be careful with, to that they don't let the greens go, but they were firm. Like you had to bounce them up. You couldn't really attack on the fly. But it's like it was more like Lynx golf, and yes. we've been well, calling we've been for, for for we've years. been calling for it for a long time. For like years. let it don't let it get to the point where it looks gross for us homeowners, but get to the point where the course doesn't get so beat up. Because when the course is hard and firm, and people are taking the carts places they really shouldn't, it doesn't get as torn up, and it looks better. Yeah, no, it does, and it's more fun to play because there's not other courses really like that in West Michigan. No, um, I forgot to read this tweet. Um, Kyle Porter from CBS tweeted this. This is just a fun golf um, stat. Since October 24, 2022, the Detroit Pistons had 63 losses against 79 opponents. Scotty Scheffler had 67 losses, so he lost to 67 people um, against 1,655 opponents. So he beat that many people and only lost to 67 in that amount of time. That's insane. That is insane. He's on a generational run right now, which is awesome. Um, all right, let's review a course. You want to do Atlantic Dunes first? Yeah, we'll, we'll just give or uh, Okatee we'll, Creek. We'll give Okatee Creek just like a little breeze by. Well, let's do um, that we'll one do, real fast. We'll, we'll do that one real fast. That's you know, shout out to Uncle Wayne and Auntie Jill who live there. Um, it's in Sun City, Bluffton area, just off of Hilton Head. You know, kind of one of those retirement communities. Two full courses and an executive course. This mm-hmm. is one of their nicer full courses. Um, Fun not, not super long, you know, it's a retirement community, so, um, but, you know, fair was kind of our worst weather day of vacation, it was like low 60s and cloudy, a little spitty, um, I liked it, I had all fours and fives and one six and shot an 82, um, it was, fun. It, was it was a fun little course, it was in, except for the spray the green, painted greens, the greens were spray painted, the slower other, than slow, the only other place I've played spray painted greens is Desert Pines in December in Vegas, um, it's getting to be kind of almost aeration season there, uh, and uh, they got like two or three inches of rain the next day, so they probably got some much-needed rain to maybe get some of their bare spots growing back. But generally speaking, in really good shape, um, good course, fun course, water on most holes, you know, gettable par fives, even if you were to play all the way back at the tips, is only 6,800 yeah. yards. We did not, but, um, you know, a fun little course in a, in a great way, like the end the vacation uh, shout out to Uncle Wayne. It was fun to play with uh, cousin-in-law, I guess you would say. Mm-hmm. Not cousin Eddie, but uh, Ryan, sure. um, my cousin Meredith's husband. And that was fun. Yep. Got a chance to meet him for the first time and, and play a little golf. So that was a good time. It was a good course. Um, kind of some old kind of some old farts because it's a retirement oh, community Lord. and some crabby rangers and crabby whatever else. But generally speaking, um, I'd give it a good solid three and a half. I mean, it would be a place that if I yeah. was, if I was retired, I'd yeah, I could play there all the time. Yeah. I could fun. You could play different distances. Yeah. All right. Um, what? Trash it. Yeah, you can trash that one. We'll keep this one though. 
So yes. the other course that we played, uh, we promoted Davis this before. Love. The Davis Love Redo, Atlantic Dunes. Originally, I think, a Pete Dye course, right? Uh, I think sea it was pines. like, used to be there were Sea Pines and there was Harbor Town and there was the Ocean Course and there was the something. This used to be called the Ocean Course and there was something else. Now it's called Atlantic Dunes. Um, right next to Heron Point. They're yep. kind of like share butt up against house. each other, share clubhouse and stuff. Um, I will say this. First of all, ungodly expensive. Um, we got it before aeration season. The course was in immaculate condition. I will oh, I will say this. So we played Harbortown two years ago in the same week. Um, it was in every bit. Now, that was still in a little bit of tournament condition, but it was in every bit as good a shape. It just doesn't have the PGA draw. Um it's not quite as expensive as Harbor Town. You didn't require a caddy. It was still like two eighty to ninety a guy, which is honestly, I would say, if I had to put it up against a course here that would be close to two ninety at peak season, that would be Arcadia Bluffs. It's not as good as Arcadia. No, Bluffs. I'd say it's probably more two hundred. But you know, it's a it's a really good course, and I would definitely say go play it. Um, if, if you don't care about spending a few bucks, it's it's in great shape. I mean, there's water on almost every oh hole. My Lord, it's you know, you're not going to get ocean scenic ocean views. You don't really get that in Hilton Head. I mean, even at Harbor Town, you really only get two that go out towards the Sound. Um, Eighteen, of course, along it and towards the the lighthouse and 17, the par three, that kind of goes towards it. You only get one here, 15, it's the dunes, and you can't even really see the water. You're just hitting no. the dunes. Very cool hole, but great course design. A couple of short, you know, almost drivable par fours, if you played the right tees. Some gettable par fives. Um, definitely Bermuda, like you go and you look, yeah, and look for the where the burn in the cup is to see which way it's going to break. The, and is it ingrain the or The putting does not, was not an issue for me. It's the rough. You don't you either yeah, truck it or you, or you blade it. There's not, putting really wasn't hard. an issue for you, but I'm looking at it. You had 21 putts on the back nine. Probably lost But you had focus. 15 on the front. Yeah, you might have. I And I had I had 18 putts and 15 putts, so I had 30, 35. But, I mean... It's tougher to putt Bermuda when you're used to putting here in, in Michigan on Pola and bent grass and whatever else. But um, you're right. And the rough is not totally – it hasn't been overseeded yet, but it's still pretty gnarly for this time of the year. But course was firm. There was water in every hole. I think we saw like four gators. We got paired up with a couple of brothers. Yeah, awesome guys. Who were on vacation um, with their Danny families and their uh, mom. What was the other guy? Danny and – Danny and Joe. Joe. Uh, one guy from Boston, one guy from Jersey, like got us, you know, we did a shot of fireball with them. So that was, that was a good time. So I uh, should have told them about the podcast and they could listen to it and give them their shout out. But, um, you know, fun round. Like I think Danny said he like basically careered for most of the back nine. Yeah. I don't know what he shot, but he played really, really well. Um, but you know, like little dog legs, you know, open, but you could get into trouble. Obviously a lot of sand, um, a ton of water. Um, but yeah. I mean, uh, just a fun course in general, like what we played the white, right? Because mm-hmm. you also have to remember at sea level, the ball does not go as far. So if you hit a nine iron, you know, 150, you're probably hitting an eight iron for those. Um, plus it was fairly breezy that day, although it was sunny. So the ball doesn't go as far. So they, based on, um, you know, a couple different things they recommend where you play. Ranger was great there. Yeah. He was really good. And he recommended that we play. Um, the whites, which is slope 130, you know, course rating 70.1. So, you know, doable, pretty big jump to the blues. The blues were 6,500 yards 
white 61, which, by the way, at the other course, uh, Oatki, was that what it was? Okuti. Okuti. Um, they had a cool little thing, tee it forward on one side of their card, and they said, if you drive it this far, this is what tees you should play, which I thought no, was, that kind was of a, cool. I thought that was kind of a cool thing that courses should adopt because most people, like Ryan and I are kind of trained to look at what's the slope, you know, and we try to kind of get the, that right right around 130. That's doable. Like, that's an enjoyable round that's got enough challenge, but it's right. not so challenging that you're going to shoot 100 and be just pissed off. Um, but I really liked the tee it forward thing because I think, they're trying to get more and more people to say, who cares about the yardage? Just have fun. Like the average golfer, I'm sorry, hits it like 225 off the tee. Right. You know, like, yeah, I hit it about when I, if I get a downhill downwind, I can hit it like 280, but I'm generally hitting it on a really good drive, like 240 yards, 230 to 240 yards. So if you're playing, you know, a side that, a length of course that's got 460 yard par fours, you're you're hitting like a three hybrid in for your second shot, or you're hitting a four hybrid in, and like that that's just not as fun because those clubs are harder to control. Versus if you're playing something where it's a 460 yard par five, and all of a sudden you can go for a poor par five and feel like a stud because you got close to it in two, that's different. It's more fun, and let's face it, we're not winning championships. We're not even part of a club. You know, we're just we have handicaps, and that's about it. So. I appreciated that. I'd like to see that adopted by more because I think then the other thing would be put like a, um, this is a different topic, but put like a, what do you call them, the monitors behind, you know, the ones that they, the track man things yep. and show people on the first tee how far they hit it and then make them pick their tee after that. Oh yeah, man, I hit it like 270 and then they hit their first, their first tee shot like 220 and they tagged it. There, you pick your tee from there. Like, Give me a golf course. I, I'll change the world. I'll change the golf world. But um, just looking at the card real quick, I'm just trying to visualize the holes of what stood out. Like I thought number four, which was a par five, four eighty-eight. I got home in two. That was fun. A little doglegger. Um, longest hole that we had on that course was actually seventeen. It was five hundred and fourteen yards. That was a poke. Was, I put two in the water on that hole. That was my worst. That was my worst hole. That was a poke. Um, water on the right, water behind couple peninsula greens um but just the course was in great shape the ranger was a really great dude um you know very friendly um you know told a story about how his son got kicked off the georgia golf team i think he played with some pretty good guys there um but yeah fun and you met some good guys that we got to play with so anything else you got on it was just fantastic um for the record i shot 85 we won't say what ryan shot dad dad won Let's just say that. We'll keep that card, though. We'll put that over in the, oh, yeah. in the stack with the other ones. Oh, yeah. Uh, all right, let's talk about um, the Memorial. We got that this weekend. That's a big one, elevated event. Um, last year, Billy Ho won it. Um, well, that's right. Let's um, let's pick a couple guys. This is uh, Jack's Place. Is a, that's a tough course. It is. Outside Very of Columbus, tough. Ohio. Fun, fun to watch, and we like Jack, so... Um, my guy wasn't that Bryson a couple years ago that he was in the lead and he he got like pulled off the course. Rom, Rom, and tested. Yeah, he was and in the lead. Cantley ended up winning it and tested positive or whatever for that yeah. fake disease third, that they uh, after the third round he was winning by like five strokes or whatever. Ridiculous. Um, and then he went to win the U.S. Open right after that. Mm-hmm. Um, my guys, Morikawa, 
Um, I think he he's you know, he's due for a breakthrough. He's too good not to have a win. Um, and then Cam Davis, that guy who played super super well at the PGA, finished T four, um, trending up. And I'm gonna go with a couple of Aussies. Uh, one that's won recently, and then laid an egg at the PGA. But Jason Day mm-hmm. and and Adam Scott, who's also been playing pretty consistently well, well for a while. He has. You like Adam Scott? You picked him at the Byron Nelson, also as did I. Yeah. Um, he's got one of the best swings in golf. Yeah. Beautiful buttery swing. And then last week, Emiliano Grillo won the won the uh, Charles Schwab um, over um, who who he beat. I can't remember who it was. Paul. Somebody. Somebody. Harry Paul. No, there was. He went to a playoff. Uh, Shank. Great golf name. Yeah. Um, first is it was his first win since 2015. Speaking of Shank, so the golf I watched. I didn't really watch much of that tournament, but I watched the Senior PGA, which is in Frisco. Cool course. Um, yeah, that's brand and new. it came down to Stricker and Padraig Harrington. Padraig Harrington in the playoff hole. So he forced a playoff by birdieing the par 5 um, 18th. Like he went for it in two, got, or it was a par 5, went for it in two, got on in two, and then he, I think he birdied. And um, Stricker played kind of safer and he parred. So they went to extra hole, which is 18 again. Harrington puts his like way in the stuff, like in the spinach. He's in the hazard, but he can thinks he can get a club on it and shanks it out of it. Slash, I'm sure the hosel just got turned over. Um, then drops behind where he was originally. So mind you, now he's hitting four from 318 yards, and he smokes it and he puts it on the green. And Stricker, wow. meanwhile, is still playing his layup game. He's like, I'm going to lay my way up and play to the wedges. And he hit like his third shot to the same exact spot. And it ended up that um, Harrington missed a makeable birdie putt. He actually had like a 12-footer for birdie um, that would have – or for par, sorry, that would have kept it going um, after um, Stricker missed his birdie putt and then tapped in for par. But that was a fun little thing, and I think the – the actual PGA is there in a couple of years, right? Yep, 2026 20, so or fun seven. looking course. is like wide open. Um, I could see where wind would be a factor there. I didn't get to see a ton of it, but it was kind of cool to watch. So That's awesome. Um, all right. Sprint time. Uh, this is a Golf Digest thing. I always find a question on there. They always have fun um, ones on there. So this one um, comes from them. You get to play every top 100 course in the world once, then you can never play golf again. Deal or no deal? I mean, you can space it out. I mean, boy. No deal. Well, I would do it. I'd space it out and then play other ones. <laughs> well, but why well, I read it, though, is in, that's your choice. You can play those top 100. You can't play any other courses. And, and when you're done, you you're done. Okay, well, if you're going to make the rules... Then yes, I would. Rules. Then yes, I would do it because I could do like, you know, three a year and yeah. you know whatever. But if the way I listened to it, or so that's it, a lot of was a hundred rounds of golf for the rest of your life at the hundred best courses, and that was your only choice. I wouldn't do it because when I get retired, I plan to play hundred times a year at least. There you go. Um, best TV game show. I don't know why I thought of this one earlier. Hmm, best TV game show. Man, I haven't watched a TV game show in a long time. I am... Okay, so two two answers for this. When I was home sick as a kid, hands, hand over fist, no question about it, Price is Right with Bob Barker. Have your pet spayed or neutered. Um, any other regular game show? And I've been alive for a lot more good ones than you. Either they're weird game shows now, but um, Jeopardy. Yeah. Alex I said, Trebek, I, Jeopardy. Said, I said Jeopardy as well. 
All right. Um, will Jaden Akins be a first-round pick next year in the draft? I think he could be a late, mid to late so. first-rounder. Well, yeah, I don't think he's a, I don't do think it. he's a lottery pick type of guy, but I think that he's going to be. He's going to. I mean, we saw how electric his game could be, and I think he's going to take it to the next level. I think coming back was a huge thing for him. I, I think he had Max Christie come back, it would have done so much more for him. I don't think it would have necessarily helped Michigan State all that much, to be honest, but. Um, I think it would have been so much better for him. I'm a believer in, like, I get it, you want to get your money, but just in basketball especially, just get that extra experience. And there's a huge difference between being drafted in the 50s or not drafted and being drafted in the high 20s. Right. Completely agree. Last one. Will college football games be all streaming by 2026? Oh. All streaming services. Oh, my gosh, if they are, I will have a lot more free time on Saturdays. That's the road they're going down. The, Is there some rumor that that's going to happen? That ESPN will eventually have you have to have, to have ESPN Plus for all of their stuff, and then same with CBS will be Paramount, NBC, Peacock. What about Fox? I, I don't, I'm sure they would do theirs as well. They don't really have a streaming service right now. If that happens... That's where you'll see like the, the backlash of what's going on with the major retailers that are way woke. Um, I, I think that's when people would say no. Uh, because I think the cord cutting you know, generation is gone. Like People don't have as many multiple one-off apps. They just don't. Like People still have maybe Netflix or whatever. But I don't think people have like peacock and paramount and cbs like they don't have nine streaming services anymore unless they're going to bundle them together more and you're getting like three for one for 10 bucks a month then i could maybe see it but i just i if that happens i think there will be so much backlash that it'll go back to being just on the major networks to be honest yeah i agree um i think it will be and then they'll I don't think by no 2026, like but no I'll say like by 2030 it. I could see it happening, and I think nobody will like it, and it'll be a, a short-lived experiment. can totally see it. All right, that's 125 of these bad boys. Sorry for keeping you long, but we have a lot to talk about. Um, appreciate you guys listening. Pound the like button. Um, tell us what you want to hear. Um, if you have any ideas for a bracket, um, for hodgepodge. Um, but, yeah, thanks for listening. Um, and we will see you next week. Um, U.S. Open's coming up quick. We're going to have U.S. Open pod here in a couple weeks already. How about that? Nice. In the interest of golf, as Raymond Floyd, major winner, once said, they call it golf because all the other four-letter words were taken. <laughs>